This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. And then I go to court, have a surfboard in the back of my car, ready to go for a surf afterwards. All my friends were like saying, oh, I'll see you in a couple of years, like as a joke, because we all thought I wasn't going. Even my family thought I wasn't going. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, okay, two and a half years, court order parole, seven months. And all I heard was two and a half years. I was like, what the fuck did he say? Hey everyone, welcome to the Stillness Podcast. The goal of this podcast and the Pottery Studio is to introduce you to ways you can find stillness in your life. Our guest today, Callan Krauss from Corrective Culture, is going to take you through his journey on how him and his business partner, Jake Stone, started Corrective Culture, how he found himself in prison for seven months and his whole journey leading around there. Callan's a wealth of knowledge in what he does and I think it will inspire you to want to take action in your life. Welcome, Callan Krauss. All right, so... You've got Corrective Culture now with mm-hmm. Jake um, Stone, your business manager. Mm-hmm. I want to hear how you got there, where your journey began. Yeah, so so it all, well, Corrective Culture is basically, it, it started at just being hol- like a holistic health sort of, you know, back pain thing. But now it's sort of grown into something bigger and bigger and actually trying to look at aspects from all, like health from all angles, right? Mm-hmm. But um, my love for movement started... When I was, I didn't even know, right? This is funny. I still remember this. When I was, when I was six, I remember, this is crazy. This has come back. I've probably thought of this like three times in my life. When I was six, it was near one. I remember this, this dude kicked a, kicked a ball and we lost it in the trees. This is like all my year one class. Mm. And I remember at my mind at the time looking at the way he kicked and I was thinking, all right, so he kicked the ball like this, which means the angle of the ball had to have gone here, 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 and then it should be right over there. And then it, where I looked, it was right in that tree. And yeah, then, right. but this all started from my dad. My dad was a um, Feldenkrais, Feldenkrais lover. So Moshe Feldenkrais's work, it's, it's his whole slogan, I guess you could say, he died, you know, 30 years ago, but his whole slogan was awareness through movement. Mm. And at the time when I was young, and not even that long ago, um, I rejected that because he didn't do anything about it. You know, he just sort of spoke about it. He was always a Feldenkrais, like, nut, but never yeah. actually did as a job. And he just spoke about it a lot. So yeah. I sort of rejected it. But he As in w- he didn't start a business. As in he didn't start a business. So as Paul says, you know, you're, and Joseph Campbell, you're, you're tasked with your parents' unfinished life as a child, right? So um, That's interesting. That's exactly what... Say it, that again. You're, you're tasked with your parents' unfinished business and life right? Yeah, right um something along those lines yeah and that was, i was his dad in the sauna the other day and that popped up and he just started laughing so did I. I was like fuck that's spot on it's exactly so he know he can he, recognize that oh for sure for yeah. sure but um but basically he when we were young he'd say oh look at that person's posture see that way that person's moved see how that person mm. you know rib cage isn't rotating or their arms are swinging and just little things in my head constantly being planted and i didn't even know man so i was you know I was scaffolding for eight years, doing doing um, like woolies before that and all sorts of shit. And I thought I was going to be one of those people that didn't know what they wanted to do in their life. The whole time, I was like, fuck, I don't want to go to uni. I was like, you know, maybe I should become a sparky. It pays all right. I could do that. Like, mm-hmm. But I didn't, nothing stood out. And then it all changed when um, I listened to a podcast with Paul, Paul Check, and he goes, look with your eyes, but let your heart be your compass. Mm. And as soon as he said that, I thought about being a Czech practitioner, which is, you know, what I do now. Mm. And I had the clearest, clearest signal from the universe that I just lit up. Like my heart, I'd never been more certain, you know what I mean? And it was the first time and it was such a good feeling because even though I wasn't even there yet, I knew what I wanted to do. Um, Before and, you go into that, yeah, what was your dad reckon about your posture with scaffolding? Because um, <laughs> well, I see a lot of them on site and I'm just... Well, I had the awareness. So I was, you know, you're carrying things on one shoulder. So I made sure I carried things on both shoulders. You know, you yeah. swing your body to one way. That's going to cause a rotational torque. It's going to cause a scoliosis. So I made sure I swing my body to the other. So yeah. I was always all right. I was never yeah. really in pain. But the crew I worked with, they're all fucked. And they, they still are. Like, everyone's got a scoliosis. Everyone's got a side bend of the trunk. Yeah. You know, one shoulder's higher than the other, things like that. So, um, but dad just gave me... The, he just played, uh, planted the seed. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that just 
grew, grew, grew. And then eventually I met, um, I met Jake, who's my, my business partner and one of my best friends. And, um, we were at jujitsu and he came to one of my jujitsu classes and again, jujitsu, that's all just movement, right? So I was analyzing movement, doing that like every day. And, um, and he goes, have you heard of Paul check? And I, and I hadn't at the time. And, um, he told me about his Jake injury, uh, his Jake injury, his back injury, <laughs> his Jake injury. So Jake had a spondylolisthesis. So his spine had slid, his L4 had slid on his L5. Mm. So basically his back was like broken. Okay. Um, not the spinal cord, but like, like the bones and the vertebrae from him hyperextending his lower back. So this is very common for people that have too much lumbar curve. Okay. And if they do excessive movement, like kicking or for him landing on a wave bodyboarding, right. Mm. And for that, that's only... If you go to a, a physio, it's pretty well going to be a spinal fusion, right? So he went to seven people. He went to osteos, physios, chiros. He did uh, yoga. He did Pilates. And he went and saw the best back specialist in Australia, some dude in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And every single person for those practitioners said, you need to get your spine fused. Um, and then he ended up coming across Donald Carr, who's my mentor now, who's a Czech practitioner in Sydney. He just moved up to the sunny coast. And he got him out of pain in like six weeks, man. So they were going to fuse his spine. You know what I mean? That's and this is this what, is what made him not actually go and listen to any of them. Intuition. His inner inner yeah. voice saying "fuck." Well, he was nineteen. You know, he's one of the world's best bodyboarders. So he's nineteen, and if you fuse your spine, if whenever you fuse your spine, whenever you fuse a segment of your spine, it'll become hypermobile above or below that segment because the curve, the natural spinal curve, still has to happen, and you have to have a natural spinal curve to rotate as we are humans when we run, right? We have a rotational gait pattern. So if you don't have that optimal curve, um, it'll it'll make it happen. It'll make it happen at the one above. So if you're fusing two segments together, it means you can't create that little nice C. So it'll, it's a straight line there. It's so up above, it'll start to lever, and that'll be the next, next part to go, whether it's a disc bulge or another spondy. Yep. So, but basically he, he just was told you can never bodyboard again so that's why he didn't do that right because it was his love his love stopped him yeah so he put Uh, up with the pain and so put up the pain for two two and a half years maybe three years and by the end it got to like eight out of ten he goes was pretty close to getting the surgery then because it was he couldn't sleep um but man went and saw donald and um measured his pelvis measured his spinal curves and when we when he when he did the work then it all made sense and now that's what got me into that route and not like the physio route i was pretty close to going to try and do something like that, right? Because I, I figured out I want to do something in the body, but I was like, fuck, it doesn't really excite me like giving people external rotation bands and 20-minute sessions and just like the clinic sort of static yeah. feel of it, you know? Um, and basically, it gave them a, a length tension assessment. So you measure left and right side of your body, everything. Measure dorsiflexion of your calves, measure your, your lumbar curve, your thoracic curve, your spinal rotation, your pelvic tilt to the degree, Um rib angle, everything, right? But if, if, if someone's not in those orthopedic norms, they're going to have pain somewhere because, I mean, it just tells us that the joints work somewhere, the joints working too hard, right? So if your rib angle's down, that's going to round out your upper back. That means you won't be able to rotate through that spine. And anyone listening right now, you can stand up, you can extend through your chest and you'll be able to rotate. But as soon as you go kyphotic, it'll jam when you get to the same amount of degrees, right? say 30, 35, 45 degrees. So... If that rotation doesn't happen at the rib cage, it'll happen down the chain. It'll happen at the knees and the hips. So when I see someone with an ACL injury or a knee injury, straight away my mind thinks, or an MCL, especially the medial, straight away my mind thinks they're probably not rotating up above, so it's happening down below. So if you can increase back to those numbers, increase their, get their spinal curves right through specific stretching, not just any stretching, right? Um and specific strength movements based around posture, then you get people out of pain, you know? And that, that's that's everything, right? As but, above, so below. Yeah, exactly. So you've... I want to go back before we get too yeah, much yeah, into corrective yeah. culture. So yeah. you, you, have, you left scaffolding. Yeah, so... Why did you leave? Why did you decide to leave? Well, I only, I only left when, um, when this new sort of rise of job came up. But prior to that, I was... So we partied hard. <laughs> Like when I, yeah, yeah. When I was like, when I was like nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, we were partying pretty hard. So, um, I ended up doing seven months at. I did three months at at Waycole in jail, in Brizzy, and then I did um, three months at Woodford, 
and then I did one month on the farm. So seven months inside, right? Um, and I got sentenced to two and a half years. So basically, short, you know, short stories. We were partying. I would get the pills. I would sell the pills to my initial group. Mm-hmm. Ended up spreading to more than my initial group, right? So basically, I became a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think of myself as a drug dealer. But I became a drug dealer. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't good at it. I wasn't good at it. I'd fucking forget who I gave it to. I'd like be that fucked up. I'd money would be falling out of my pockets and shit. And it just didn't work out well. And because probably because you weren't a drug dealer. Yeah, because I wasn't just good Not at it. Not saying they're smart. Yeah. But. Uh, well, I remember I bought a PS4 out of it, so it was worth it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but so but uh, you went to jail. Yeah. So well, I got caught, right? So I ended up going to the guy's house I was getting from. Now watching him, and I got a hundred off him, and then I left, and they pulled me over with my friend. And uh, strip searched me and got got the hundred right, and then they got his phone and and saw that I had a lot more. So they got me. Found it up. It was like about five hundred and fifty. They didn't have that in person, but they knew it was about that amount, right? Um, and then it was supply, not trafficking, because they could only get a few people that I gave it to. So mm. I got done for 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 that. But I was told even by the the cop that got me, because the cop that got me, I used to, I did CrossFit years ago before that, right? And um. And he, I did CrossFit with him. So he's the one that got me too. He was almost like my friend. Yeah, right. But like, um, he didn't know. Like, he was just there getting people to go into that house. There was a whole team of them. They were doing a big undercover fucking hit that day on yeah, right. on Old Mate and this crew. Yeah, so just happened to be there. I, yeah, I just got done. So um, it was, man, fuck, my heart sunk. Hey? If you want to put yourself in that situation, like, just, you know, you've got 100 on you. This car drives past. It looks D as fuck. It looks so, you know, it's a Toyota, what do they call it, Orion or something? Um, and I was like, oh, that's an undercover car for sure. And then as I was driving, I saw it do a UE and I was like, I'm done. And and I was in the passenger seat actually and, and the driver was driving. I was like, oh, this, they're going to be Ds. And then they came up behind me, put the lights on, pulled over, found it, took us back to the station, rah, 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 didn't say much, right? So that didn't help me. But, um, but... In the end, that he go, he told me that nah, you won't go to jail for this. He's like, you know, and I didn't think I was going to go to jail for this. No one thought I was going to go to jail for this. Mm. They both told me, like, nah, this is like, you know, supply first time. You should be right. I've been done with weed a couple of times, but nothing, no, you know, sizable amounts. And then I did a year of, of basically drug diversion. Where I was getting piss tested, you know, three times a week, and I did this out of my own accord. It was government funded, but you can you can do it so it looks good for the judge. Mm. I still worked full time as a scaffolder. So, and I, I stopped selling drugs straight away, right? I was just on point, on point. And then I go to court, have a surfboard in the back of my car, ready to go for a surf afterwards. All my friends were like saying, oh, I'll see you in a couple of years, like as a joke, because we all thought I wasn't going. Even my family thought I wasn't going. Hmm. And um, and then, yeah, he's like, oh yeah, okay, two and a half years, court order parole, seven months. And all I heard was two and a half years. I was like, what the fuck did he say? Like, <laughs> And then, man, like, just the sinking feeling of like what just it's it was like a dream like what what's happening right now like um i just didn't know what didn't know what was happening didn't know what tomorrow brought like i didn't know about jail really you know i, I knew a little bit but like i didn't know if i was going to start fighting for my food whether there's like rape all that sort of shit right so it still goes through your mind just the possibilities of everything mm. and um and funny enough actually i did a native american sweat lodge a couple of weeks ago and with this Bobby Running Fox, shout out to Bobby Running Fox and Goldie, right? It's a tripped out fucking experience. And you're in this sweat lodge, hot rocks, and then your, your trauma comes up. Mm. And I didn't even know what mine was. And I didn't even think jail was really it because it was okay for me in the end, right? But um, my the thing that came up for me was me watching mum, watching her son go to jail. That was the the thing that came up. And, like, you're just yeah, right. fucking crying in this little sweat lodge with 18 people just shrieking and, like, shooey, shooey. Everyone's chanting and rattling. It's fucking intense. And you're just sweating and sweating, right? But I saw it from a point of view, from her point of view, watching her son go. A couple of months after her dad died, you know, and then when I got out of jail, her brother ended up dying. So I just saw all that and I was like, fuck, that's intense. Mm. But, um, but... Yeah, just yeah. You imagine that, like you're seeing your mother there. My dad was there. He just like sort of punched me in the chest and said, "Be strong." The the female copper that has to take me downstairs. Even she, she could see she was like felt really sorry and was like, as a mother, you know, she's seen this other girl just like shrieking, and um, and then 
you go downstairs, there's that Maroochydore watch house, right? And then you're in the watch, I was in the watch house down there for like five days. Mm. So that was the worst bit out of the whole seven months because you're in the fucking watch house cell. There's people coming in at night shrieking like piss heads, right? Um, and you're just every night you just think, what's tomorrow? Like, am I, are they going to take me to jail tomorrow or the next day? How long were you there for? Five nights, six days, yeah. yeah. So I, by the end of the five nights, it'll like, get me to fucking jail. I can't wait. Like, right. Because you're in this little... Do you get sunlight in No, nah, yeah. no sunlight. That was the hardest thing, right? So you're in this room a lot smaller than this. You're in a room like a bathroom size. Your bed is just a slab and you've got like three like old school cushions on it, sort of worn out. And you don't get a pillow and you don't get sheets and you're fucking freezing. But you get track pants and, and a, like a jumper, just greens, like the, the jail ones. So you got to decide whether you want to curl one up and put it under your head as a pillow or you got to wear it and stay warm. And um, so I, when I was in there, you, like, again, your mind's just going nuts and um, and no sunlight. Yeah, so no sunlight for five days. I didn't realize how you don't... Realize all those things until they're gone, eh? It's like, fuck. Like, I remember when they did end up putting me in the bus, there's a little bit of sun pierced through, and I was, like, putting my hands in it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but, but you ended up... What was going through your head? Just pretty dark times in the in there for six days. What was... So, I was 21 at the time. So, what was going through my head was I got seven months. I'm 21. That's, you know, it's that's a long time, you know? <laughs> seven months is a long time. And I was just thinking about that, and I was thinking about... um. Basically, just a little bit of fear of like, I don't know what what tomorrow brings. I don't know what jail is. I don't know what my next, how intense it's going to be. And you're just, you're shaken, but you're like, I was reading a book. I read this Wilbur Smith book about Africa or something. It was the thickest book I've ever read in my life. I smashed through it in like three days because you'd escape in the book. So you'd escape and you sort of forget where you are, then you remember. And then every morning you wake up and it's a big bright LED and it wakes you up and you're remembering, oh, that's right, I just got sentenced. And like, <laughs> it was a dream. Nah, fuck, it's not. Um, and then you you end up craving that social connection. So they let us in the yard twice during those five days. The yard is just another concrete room with about six other dudes. And I got to like just talk and got, got a rundown of what jail's like and rah, rah, rah. Um, the guy that was in there with me, he punched someone and he died, but he'd already been to jail before and stuff. Um, he ended up not going to jail for it in the end because it was self-defense in the end, so he, yeah. he was lucky. But, yeah, that was his whole thing. And um, finally... He was just in jail for something else? He, no, he was jail in um, for the court of that. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. yeah. So he... Um, well, we, we ended up going on the bus. I went up going on the bus. And I was in with this indigenous guy, just done 20 years in Woodford. He glassed a dude in a pub and that guy died. But he's going back in for weed now, just breaking his parole. So I was talking to him and he was like, I love Woodford, man. Like, you know, I love it and shit. And um, the 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 bus is like a freezer box, they call it. So you're handcuffed during that. You would have seen him on the highway driving for those little prison buses. And um, now when I see him, I'm like, it's like nostalgic. But but we, we were going to Brizzy. And then when we rocked up to Brizzy, all I'm hearing is like, fucking like shouting like hard intense shouting people going nuts because it's the the holding cells before you go into your unit so everyone coming in jail is going there mm. and knowing that now i know this but everyone in jail is, is a junkie pretty well you know 80 80 90 probably everyone's a junkie so they're all coming down you know and they're coming down hard so i remember walking in a room there's about 20 people in there mm. one dude's scratching his skin one like there's a vietnamese dude the Vietnamese are all heroin, so he you can see he was really coming down. He was like feeling sick and and near the toilet. One toilet, like twenty dudes in there. It's like a movie, man. And then um and then I just started just chatting to some of them. But I had a mask on the whole time of of like this is normal for me. You know what I mean? But it wasn't, right? I was scared. But I, I had this mask that, oh yeah, like I don't want to look small. Um and you could see the guys, there's a couple of guys there, one covered in tattoos, but you see he was just shitting himself, eh? Like he was just absolutely shitting himself and just looked like a target, you know, and I made myself look like I'd done it before. And I I had jiu-jitsu behind me, I had a blue belt behind me, so that was still still enough to give me a bit of confidence knowing, oh, yeah, if it's one dude, I'll be right, you know what I mean? But if it's like a bunch of dudes, you know, it wouldn't be. Now that I know the rules in there, it's not very – it's always one-on-one in jail generally. I'm not sure what it's like all around Australia, but mm. around Queensland it's like – a fight is one on one. It's never going to really be two on one. Um, 
and usually it's mainly just hands and not not weapons and that. So I had that behind me, you know. So that that really I was thankful for that. But eventually went to went into my unit, um, and then I just walked up to every single person. And this this is this is huge, right? So body language. This is where body language really drilled into my fucking like head because. We're just gorillas wearing clothes. So when I walked into that unit, I had my chest fucking pumped up and I just opened neck, like showed open palms and no fear, but but confidence. And it was all fake, right? But I needed everyone to think it was real, you know? Um, I didn't have any major drama in there the whole time. Um, I got I made friends with everyone pretty quick. So again, I walked up to everyone, shook their hand, found my table, found my crew, um, then a couple knew I did jiu-jitsu, so I ended up teaching jiu-jitsu to, to a few of the boys and that. And um, and one guy, so this is where body language came in. You could see who was weak from their body language, from their rib angle. And this is now the way I think when I have a client walk through the door. So I don't just think we've got to stretch their flexor chain and increase their you know, extensors, rah, rah, rah. It's, a, it's showing where, the, where their emotions are at. Okay, so I had a, again, I had a twelve-year-old girl like come in last week, and you can see she's she her rib angles down, it's causing her back pain, but she's also nervous and fearful, and you know doesn't have confidence. Yeah, so, right. it, and you wonder what comes first, like because you can change the posture and it will change the emotions, and you can change the emotions and it will change the posture. Yeah, so it's right. just like inverse relationship, you know. What do you normally focus on first? Well, you go to where they're at, to where that person's going to feed off. You yeah. know, yeah. So I I go to the body first, so they can feel it. But it, that's that's easier, you know. It's easier, and then and then while you're doing it, you can hit the emotions, right? But um, I saw a guy come in with a semi-black eye and very rounded posture, and um, and just looked afraid, right? And then when when he came into one of the tables, one of the the dudes came up to him and was like, "Oh, you got a token for me?" And um, like, can I borrow a token? Which he meant, can I have a token, right? Token is what you put for a can of Coke in the machine, oh, right? Yeah, 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 so yeah. token is currency in there, basically. It's like money. It's a little golden coin. It's what you bet with. It's 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 everything, right? Um, How do you accumulate them? You twenty dollars. You get buy up once a week, so you can have twenty of them. So someone can put twenty bucks in your account, you get twenty tokens. But really, it becomes a currency. So you gamble and you swap and you know things like that. But um, and I didn't drink coke, but I still had tokens, right? Because you still gambled, and I'd swap tokens for like tuna and, and you know <laughs> shit like that. Um, but he goes, "Nah, man, it's you know for me and my daughter." He's like, "Come on, man, you can give me a token." He's like, oh, "All right," and gave him a token, and then they just lined up, you know. And this is you know it was about um, yeah, like well, ten took all his tokens. Yeah, like everyone lined up. Took all these tokens and he got to someone they didn't and they just cracked him in the head, you know. Um, wasn't bad. It was still hidden sort of from the screws, like from the guards. But um, you know what I mean? That His body language is what is why that happened. So if he came in with the open, no one tested me with that. Well, one guy actually tested me for some noodles and I was like, you got some noodles for me? Like, what are you going to swap? You know what I mean? It was just like nothing, you know. But I was friends with all the guys that did it to him, but it was just the way it was, you know. It's just it's just evolution. Like it's, it's, um, it's like school. It, it's just like going back to school with more consequences and, um, and you can't talk shit. It, it's like this, there's this weird etiquette, you know what I mean? Like older people, they're like elders in there. Like, you know, you give them your seat, they go first. Like, no, you know, no one picks on the older dudes. Like, um, you never lie, you know what I mean? You, you never cheat, you never steal. And like that's bad, very frowned upon. And any sex offenders is they're in protection. You know what I mean? So you can't do it. Whether it's a guy on guy, that's still a sex offender in the jail I was at. So if if someone tries to you know rape a dude, people aren't going to like that. You know what I mean? Um, but that's where that body language thing stemmed from, right? And I already had this movement stuff behind me a little bit, but I was like, I was scaffing. I didn't know I wanted to check it or anything at the time. I didn't know what check was, right? So I ended up doing my time, and I was it was it was actually good like it was all meant to be <laughs> it was all meant to be what's the like were you in there thinking about what you were going to do when you left or like what were you what was your state of mind in there or was it just i'm having fun until it ends i was in there thinking i've got my job back i knew my boss would give me my job back scaffolding when i left now what i was thinking about when i left was food it's like fuck i can't wait to eat a cob loaf like i was, <laughs> I was getting excited for that um because food in there was pretty trash you know it was all right like just 
sort of takeaway sort of meals, like some a lot of carbs, you know, a lot of carbs, cheap food. Um, food, just the first drink, theme of friends, girls, all that sort of shit. Um, I was still, you know, 21. So I was like, I was still in that stage of my life. But I knew I wasn't going out to sell drugs again or anything like that, right? Um, yeah, it was like I did think about I needed to catch up for that lost time. I lost seven months I needed to catch up. Um, when I got out, I, I basically life just went straight back to how it was without me selling drugs, right? So um, I went back to jiu-jitsu, went back to work. My boss gave me a company car straight away. He's like, here you go. Um, went back to partying pretty hard. I got out. My friend bought a nightclub at the time. And... Um, yeah, it was. I partied hard again <laughs> for the next probably like fucking year or two, man. Yeah, but without. How did you break the cycle? It just it it wore off like everything, right? I got it done young, and then it's like oh, I'm a little bit over this now. And I still had this the whole time I was doing that. I was still pretty healthy. Well, no, I wasn't really. I thought I was being healthy, right? But I was trying to like I was still working out, still training, doing jiu-jitsu comps, um, food, trying to eat well. Mm. But not to the level I'm at now with my whole concept of what well is. Mm. And, um, but I met Jake, man, and, and that's where it all started. Because he, what he did was he shared a fo- uh, video on Facebook, and it was Paul Check. And you can look this up on YouTube, and this is what started it all for me. And it was a video on meat, dairy, grains, and coffee, mm-hmm. and his, his concept on it. Just a guy talking. I didn't know who he was, right? And as he was talking, I was like, fuck, this makes sense. He's talking about grains. It's like... Yeah, like most people can't handle grains, but if you can, you can digest it. I can't, rah, 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 so you don't. You know, most grains have this glyphosate. And I was like, well, that makes sense, right? If you can digest it, you can eat it. If you can't, don't. That's with all food, right? Um, and then he's like, yeah, I eat meat. When I break down flesh, I replace it with flesh. I might go vegan for the day when I'm traveling. Um, just listening to your body. Um, and coffee, like talking about coffee, how it can stimulate you. And for females, it can, you know, fuck with your endocrine system and and you know if you've got any hormonal issues you probably stop coffee and how you know it ages you quicker basically but if if you do you get a high quality coffee and everything just really clicked and made sense to me so then i just went into a deep dive into his youtube videos like sounds culty deep dive into his youtube videos and um man it just it just resonated so much and and only because the guy looked healthy and he he's an old man that looks jacked and good skin and 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 I was like, oh, what, what's he doing? Like, he's doing something that's working, you know? And then when Jake ended up telling me about how a Czech practitioner, which is Paul's work, rehabbed his back and when no one else could, I was like, all right, like, fuck, what are you doing, you know? And then I really got into it and I ended up just booking in for um, a course. And then from then on, I was I was all in, man. And some of the... It's, 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 it's all based on the foundations. It's all based on the basics. That's why it makes so much sense. Like... Um, six foundation principles for health and this is the way I'm looking at most people is like three yin, three three yang and this is this whole yin yang of everything, right? The balance of everything. So um, thinking, breathing and movement, they're they're the yang ones, right? Um, So thinking, you know what I mean? Like if someone's thoughts are off, I'm going back to that posture. This is sort of a thing to look at. If someone's seeing me for, you know, mid-back pain, and they they think they're a fucking piece of shit, and they're wondering why their upper back's so rounded, and they don't stand up with confidence. There's some thinking, right? You can think thoughts and kill yourself. So that's at the top of the the top of the hierarchy there. Um, breathing, you breathe twenty six thousand times a day. If you breathing's so huge, right? So if you're if you're it's 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 the oscillation of your organs. It's the oscillation of this whole. In a, in a unit, right? So if, if my diaphragm is working well, it's going to push down on my viscera and it's going to give this gentle massage and you can watch it on dynamic MRIs. Like, it's beautiful to watch. Um, also, it, it's you're dead without it. That's how important it is. So if someone's breathing less optimal than they could be and they're doing that all day long for the rest of their life and, and this is how you detox. It's a big drive for your detox. Like, you, you lose, like, what, half a kilo while you sleep just through your breath. So it's this whole detox system. Now, if someone's shallow breathing, if someone's breathing into their chest, activating the upper scalenes, that'll pull their head into flexion. Okay? So any upper chest breathing that goes on too long, right? So think, we breathe into our chest when we need that much air. Like, then you feel it activate. Okay? But if you're sitting here now just relaxing, it's only really going to be belly going out and in. So you won't even feel your neck activate. So if your neck is activating all the time from a chest breathe, your head's going to be pulled forward. It's just, it's just unnatural, okay? Yeah, right. Um, 
All right, so breathing's so important um, for everything, your organs and just your state of mind. So what suggestions do you have for these clients? Like, obviously, what do you do with your clients yeah. when they are slouched over, breathing incorrectly, negative thoughts? Yeah, so firstly, a, a breathing pattern, right, is if you think about it like a balloon, two-thirds into the belly, one-third in the chest if we're doing a big breath, okay? If you're doing a normal, relaxing, laying-down breath, it's just going to really be belly going up and down. So... Do you say two in your belly? Two two thirds into the belly, one third into the chest. Right. So it should start low. And that's where you should have the intention of feeling it low. So man, this has been huge. Like I've I've had a girl come in with real bad period pain before and just got her laying there on a roller and just like on a long roller down her spine, so she's in a little extension and just breathing really low, like trying to feel how low you can get it, right? But also when you do that 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 breathing, what your body will communicate to you is where in the rib cage or the diaphragm or really just think the whole, that whole cavity area, are you locked down? So that's where I'll get fascia into it. I'll get some hands on, but more so a big point for, for fascia work is right under that, that costal angle, that, that rib angle, that sort of upside down V. Um, if you can get a ball, like a little cross ball in there and start breaking that tissue down, just think tissue always pulls and never pushes. Okay, it's a really good concept for anyone listening. I if, saw your video on it yesterday. I was doing it this yeah, morning. Yeah, cool, cool, right. So if, I'm like if, screaming and I'm like, Gabby's like, what are you doing? I'm like, Callan's <laughs> fucking killing me. She's like, what yeah. do you mean Callan's killing you? Yeah. <laughs> so if you've if you're got a scoliosis, if, you're, if your rib cage is rotated to the right, you're being pulled to the right. You're not being pushed from the left. Yeah. Okay? So you've got to bring your eyes to the awareness to the right. And, and think of it as like a, your body's covered in a big cobweb. And if you have a little twist in that, how it pulls on everywhere. Pulls on everywhere. So it's it's I'm so big on on fascia work and unlocking it more so me showing you the client how to do it with a ball and a roller and tools. I got so many different tools for different parts. I actually use a Theracane. For you people on listening, Theracane on eBay. I got it off eBay like five years ago. No one really uses them, but I'm bringing it into the world because I find it's the best tool to get under that that diaphragm. I'll do a video on it one day, but um to get to get under that diaphragm and just clean it up. But I've had I've had a girl with like descending colon sort of pain. She didn't realize. She thought it was just a left sort of abdominal pain, but it was a descending colon, the scar tissue around there. So just getting that in there, breaking it up, just like on the session got rid of it, right? And she had it for a long time, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't know, you know what I mean? But you, you, when you put your hands in there, you start to feel and you start to, you feel enough bodies, you're like, all right, that's different, you know? Um, so you lay down, you lay down face up, right? And you can put a, anything, any sort of weight, a water bottle, sort of on your lower abdomen, and then you'll inhale and make sure that moves first. You don't want your chest moving first, right? In in the sequencing, it should be stomach, then it will move into sort of lower ribs, and then it will go up in the chest when you're doing a deep breath. Mm. I'm big on getting people to breathe into the ribs, left, then right, right, then left, like, and then together. So feel, if you're listening, if you're trying to, you can put your hands on your ribs, and I'll inhale into the belly, and then I'll choose a rib cage to go next. So the belly will fill and then I'll pick a rib cage. So I'll go left. So I'm going. And then exhale. And try the right. Inhale belly, then right. And exhale. So right now, just then, I felt like the back of my left rib cage was a little bit locked down. Okay? So that's where I'm going to take the roller. That's where the body's communicating to me. Let's, let's open that up and then check the breathing again. Okay? Because when that rib cage expands... Just think, those ribs just connect to the vertebrae in the back. So if the ribs are expanding, the vertebrae in the back are expanding, which means you're getting space in the disc. So if someone's got a disc bulge or something, can you see how breathing is so essential? Because when you breathe right, you'll get taller in the inhale, and then you'll drop in the exhale. So that's this oscillation I'm talking about of spinal fluid, of, of not just spinal fluid, just of fluidity through the spine, right? Yeah, right? So rotation and breathing is what hydrates the spine. Rotation sort of pumps it and this up and down oscillation works, right? If someone's posture is whack and their hips are way forward past their midline or back, now you're not getting this vertical stacking and, and you're not going to get that oscillation, right? It's going to be sort of angled. So again, say someone had a disc bulge, that breathing is going to create that space which is going to take the compression off that disc and then we can try and centralize it from there. But basically, I'm always trying to create length in the spine as much as possible I'm big against what do you mean by oscillation like I mean like a pumping mechanism of like in and out in like a pump right so the spine's pumping its fluid in and out in and out the disc it's just nutrition it's movement right movement the bits that dry out in your body are the bits that aren't moving okay so 
if 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 your spine's starting to dry, aging is a process of drying out a lot of the time. The older you are, the drier you get, right? So that's why I'm big on foam rolling and tissue work because it's just bringing water back to the area. I'm bigger on that than stretching. I still stretch, but if you had a big knot in your quad mm. and you're trying to do a couch stretch or a hip flexor stretch, while you got that big knot, you'll stretch up to those fibers but not through them. Yeah, right. So think you'll still start to get the range if you stretch long enough, right? But the actual tissue won't be where it's at. So some of the fibers will be long and there'll still be that little uh, stuck spot. And I know this because I've done it to myself, mm. right? So I know like you can stretch, get the range, but when you go back, that knot's still there. But you can feel a stretch. You can do a typical hip flexor stretch. For Check it for five seconds. Check how tight it feels. Then go roll out your quads deep, bone deep. I'm always big on trying to get to the bone, right? And then go back to your stretch and it's like you've been stretching for 20 minutes. So that's it's all words until you feel it. Okay, yeah. but it, it's it's so huge. It's so huge. Um, I did, well, when I was going with Jake, I still have to come back mm. to finish, but just releasing everything around my hips and my hamstrings, mm. my back pain up here, which just went away. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's all connected, right? Yeah. And that's where I'm at now. That's where I'm doing this mentorship with Ian O'Dwyer. Where it's like it's all just tissue, man. Like it's all it's all water. It all connects into each other. And there's fascial lines. So if you if you're interested in this sort of work, there's Anatomy Trains. It's a it's a book by Thomas Myers. Um, it's also a whole field in itself, but it's the fascial lines. And that's yeah. the way I look at the body now is not the muscle insertion origin. I look at the fascial lines. So if the whole flexor chain runs from the foot to the neck, the whole extensor chain runs from the bottom of the foot to the top of the scalp all the way at the back, you know what I mean? But you won't see that in an anatomy book. But fascially, when you cut the body up, it's there. You know, It's what connects the two. If the muscle contracts, it's going to pull tension on that fascia around it and that fascia will pull tension to the next line of tissue right and that's how that's how we work that's how that's our human function it's, it's why it's what holds fascia is just what holds the water in our body in place so we don't just fall as a, to a puddle on the ground and it adapts to the environment so we're just it's like um you know the movie venom like that sort of symbiotic i don't know it's like spider-man thing right but um it's like it's like the the glue all around the body and it's malleable and it constantly changes right so it changes the environment so if you were to say me scaffolding throwing throwing gear to the left all the time that's going to create a rotation in my rib cage to the left but the fascial lines will start orientating themselves to the left to do that well right it may not be good for longevity for the body but it'll do that really good okay so so it's basically trying to stabilize what it's doing all the time right Mm. if you if you counter rotate to the right then it'll be balanced and wouldn't do that so that's why the fascia work to me, the, the deep tissue, the rolling, is just making the tissue malleable and then you set it where you want it with exercise. That's how I change posture, right? Yeah. So I, I look where is dehydrated on them, which is the spots that are short and tight, okay? Um, and long and tight, right? So the, the, the spots that are, you know, if someone's head's going forward and the eyes got to stay level so the head goes up, the back of their neck's going to be really dried out. So I'm going to break that tissue up before I set it with another exercise. Otherwise, it's just dried out, okay? Um, So everything's connected. How does that then impact your mental state? How do you get people through that? Like, So give some advice to people because I know know it's a lot of – I know it's a – there's probably a bit of a leap to go, oh, Callan or Jake would help me, mm, but mm. I don't know if I – I don't want to go. Like I don't know what the excuse or reason is, but – what can someone do if they're in the state that might help them a little bit, then they can decide they might come and speak to you. So it's, it's um, most of, most of my clients are, are people that have been in so much pain and they've tried everyone else and they tried the other approach and it's not working. Mm-hmm. And then they like, like they come through the door, you know what I mean? And then in the one session I give them a taste, like, cause it's like if I had someone say for three hours, say someone did a three hour session with me, I feel like I could probably get them out of pain and get their posture real good in the one session, but then they're going to forget the work and then they're going to, they're just going to go back to where they were, right? So it's not about a few exercises and having you there. It's about teaching you why you're there in the first place, coaching you in the tools to how you unwind the body, coaching you in the exercises that you probably need to be on top of that sort of set this position. So for the rest of your life, you know how to stretch, how to do your deep, how to specific stretch, I should say. How to do your deep tissue and, and foam rolling? How to how to eat in a logical way? Like how to eat? Just I like the concept of NutriVort. It's coined by Chris Cresser, which is just nutrient dense foods that you can digest. That's the way I like to eat. 
I'm, I'm, you know, you can have rice or you can have cauliflower and broccoli rice, which is a lot more nutrient than rice, right? It's still a meal. Rice is fine for me. I don't have any bloat or anything for it, right? But it's not as nutrient dense. So in that one meal, I'm not getting as much nutrients as I could. Yeah. I'm always chasing more nutrient dense meals, you know? I'm chasing wild caught salmon, you know? I'm, you know, chickens all right, but I'd rather have maybe like the chicken legs. So I'm getting a bit of the connective tissue and, and more out of it than just breast, you know? Um, so it's like, it's, it's coaching the, the, the person as a whole and it's not one thing. It's everything, right? Okay. So this thinking, breathing, movement is the next one, right? So for movement, I got, that, this is so huge because when you teach someone how to move, once, once you understand the rules of moving, of, of, of movement patterns. So the movement pattern we go by is the primal pattern movements. I tie everything back to ancestral. I, that's everything I do. I'm even writing at the moment about it. Like everything I do is based on the concept of nothing makes sense in biology except in the light of evolution, mm-hmm. right? And it's a famous quote, can't even say the guy's name, some Russian name um, from, you know, years, years ago, biologist. But it's everything I, I think about. So if someone like, someone tells me that they got this new Nike four-inch lift shoe and it's good for their running, I'm, it, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me in the light of evolution because our foot is evolved perfectly to run, Right. When you're in a shoe, you're going to heel strike. When you're barefoot, you're going to foot, forefoot strike, right? The whole mechanics in the Achilles tendon is different. The, me- the mechanics in the calf is different. The- it's a lot softer on your joints running on barefoot than it is in shoes. So right. It's like the three times harder, more pressure in the, in the knee, in the hip. Because <laughs> the ground, the body needs that recall of the ground. So if it doesn't, if it has something soft, then it, it hits it harder. So your foot might not feel it as much, but it's amazing. You can try this yourself. I've done it. But you'll feel a more vibration in the knee. What and the about hip. concrete? Because obviously that wasn't. Well, actually, so the ground. If we're going back to evolution, if we're going back to like Africa evolution, where we all came from, right? The ground was harder than it is these days back then because it was a lot drier. So I, I actually thought that, right? And then I was talking to a um, evolutionary biologist guy about that, and he was like, "Well, the ground back then was actually a lot harder." So even on concrete, if when you're barefoot, you won't hit it super hard because it'll hurt. Right, but in on the on uh, shoes you will. Yeah. Right, so your body will adapt. You know what I mean. And um, even if someone has a leg length discrepancy, man, if the ground's unlevel, what does it matter? You know what I mean. You're gonna you're gonna adapt above an unlevel ground anyway. So if someone's got a crazy leg length discrepancy. I'm just gonna make sure they don't run on a road. Go run on a trail because you're gonna adapt around it anyway. You know, it's yeah. fun. That's how you should. Um, but all movements is a combination of a push, pull, bend, lunge, twist, squat, and gait. That's every movement, right? So if I'm throwing a ball, there's a lunge, there's a twist through the ribcage, and there's a push. So if you can teach the client how to do a lunge perfectly, how to keep their pelvis level, right, then their pelvis will start to change to a level position when they're normally standing too in the posture. But if they can teach them how to keep uh, keep their pelvis level while they lunge, well, then when they throw the ball, they're going to know how to lunge too, right? Because they know, oh, this is the lunge, right? When you twist and you understand that, okay, well, I probably need a, a neutral spinal curve when I twist because we know that when I change those curves, I lose that twisting ability. Then they know that if there's any a twist in some movement, they know how to do that. And if they've got to push, they know they've got to protract the shoulder and keep the rib angle high to save their shoulder. Or pulling, they've got to pull from the scapula and maybe initiate the inertia from the rib cage instead of from the elbow. It's just, it starts to click. Mm. And, and, I, and you don't need to say, then like if I see someone do a movement that I've never done before, I know how it's meant to be done because I know the rules of the body. Mm. I know that knees, hips and ankles like to line up. You know, I know that the inside of the knee doesn't really want to open up. I know the upper body likes to rotate, okay? Um, so it's, it's, it becomes a lot funner too and you can get more creative and then when you're in the gym, you actually know what you're doing and you're not... Uh, I, never, I'm never, I never sit on a machine at the gym, you know what I mean? Like a, it's, it's, yeah. it's so much funner training and I'm not sure if you've I've done s- any stuff with Jake yet of that sort of stuff yet, but yet, no, that's but when it starts to... I've seen some of your video. Yeah, it's just, man, a lot of that stuff I'm just making up but it's the rules of movement. Yeah, right? right, and I'm and I'm making it up to a specific sports. So you You'll get, get in trouble specific. for saying that around PTs and stuff. So yeah, I know. Yeah, like, oh, I did that <laughs> fucking twenty years ago. Yeah, but so it, I'm gonna I'm gonna like slow Callan down because obviously he's super passionate yeah. about this. And but what is interesting is when you are so determined in what you're doing, you love what you're doing. Mm. You obviously just you can just talk to me probably for ten hours and yeah. still keep going. Yeah. yeah so yeah. how? what we want is people to find that because Lee J in the other podcast had the same thing with his um, motocrossing clothing brand. Mm. I love what I do, Mm. even though it's a million things, 
but you obviously love it and you can just you keep learning and learning yeah, and learning yeah. never end. How what, to find that. How do you find it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, back to that um, Back to that quote from Paul. This is how it was for me, right? Mm. Um, look with your eyes and ears, but let your heart be your compass. But you've got to get healthy. So you have to get healthy and whatever that is to you. But if you're not healthy, your brain will, will not see opportunity. You will not be the same. I'm doing the parasite cleanse again right now, purely, and I'm doing a refined version, purely because my life feels less stressed and and when i'm eating well it's like everything works better your emotions are better Mm. so you'll 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 see things better so some people will freak out like i don't know what i want to do and then but their their life's fucking chaos make your bed first you know what i mean clean your room first and start chipping away just just chip away at work that needs to be done that work that you know that needs to be done that you're putting off okay and then you'll get to a point where it's 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 something that um it's, that's, a, that's a hard question, right? Because it's like... Do you believe in manifestation? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, it's, it's ridiculous how much I believe in it. You know, here's a story. Actually, last week, I was at work. I was sitting on the toilet and I was thinking, oh, I just ran out of this massage cream I need. I need some new massage cream. And I thought about the, the size of everything, this Tui Balm, right? Even the exact brand and size. 20 minutes later, my client walks in. It was my birthday a few days before and she gave me a gift and it was that massage cream there. Yeah, right. The exact same one. 20 minutes later. So I was like, all right, this is fucking ridiculous now. Like, so, you know, when we needed a house, we manifested a house that we got the rental. Like, um, when we needed a website designer and one walked up to us at Belmondo's that just did it perfectly for us. Like, I'm such a believer in that, but you got to be in tune with it. Cause if you're fucking negging out and you're eating shit and you're, you're tired all the time, all just think like if you're, if you're, if you're eating shit and if, if you're tired all the time, people, vibe that and people won't want to give you that opportunity people don't want to walk up to you and it, and it's it, it gives respect to to your word that if you say you're you're eating clean or you say you're doing doing this or that and people around you see that that's a respectable thing and it's hard to do these days so you get more opportunity people want to be around you because it's you give you know you hold your energy but you, you almost your light almost gives other people energy and it motivates them so yeah that it, it is a hard question though you know, how you said, what, what are you meant to do in life? You yeah. know, um, and that's my, my first thing is find a mentor, mm. learn off them. You find someone that like, all right, that person's happy. That person's healthy. What are they doing? Okay. But make sure you listen to your inner voice. And again, back to that, because it changed my whole life. It was one podcast, right? It was look with your eyes and ears, but let your heart be a compass. So when I say that heart, I mean like, yeah, your inner voice that just is, um, is, so to put it in perspective, Jake, Jake did a um, soul connection task with Paul years ago. And it was, you ask your soul, what does it feel like when you say no? And then you do a meditation before and tune in, right? And then you say, you ask your soul, what does it feel like when you say yes? And you get a pretty clear inner voice, right? And people listening, having done that before, sort of know what that feels like. The feeling I get is like, no feels like, should I walk down that dark alley right now? No. Or yes, like, should I take this opportunity? Like, you know, um, People that are on that sort of higher level, they they, they have the, that going for fucking everything, and they're just their, their heart and their their brain is on tune with each other. They're not separate. Yeah. Um, but I he hundred percent agree. Yeah, and he did it with a. Do I want to be with my girlfriend at the time? And he got a clear no, and he he broke up with her on the spot. And he goes, "It was the hardest fucking thing I ever did, but it was perfect." You know what I mean? Because he could have been with her the next five years, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. Had a kid with her, and you know who knows? Like you've got to like the signals come all the time. There's always like the intuition is always there. Mm. But if you're not in tune with it, then your other voice will come in and start going, "No, nah, no, nah, that's wrong. Don't be silly." And it's actually just the fear. Like yeah. it could be Jake's fear going, "Oh no, but then what if I don't find someone else?" Or you know, "Oh, we've been through so much together." Like yeah. all that kind of stuff. But yeah. if you just, you actually should react to it i think if it, it, there's a difference i think you know once you're in tune with it you know if it's intuition or you know if it's fear yeah driven yeah so you know whether to just it's not even a question it's just like yeah i gotta do that yeah 100 percent. It's, it's a clear clear signal when you get in tune with it it's fucking fun it's like mm. so you got this little superpower that that people don't get <laughs> well, it's like you always got yeah. it with you you always got it with you but if you're healthy then you can hear it yeah 100%. If you're not healthy if you're you're jacked up on caffeine too much or or you know, you, you got four hours sleep instead of eight. Like, you, you won't hear that shit as much, and you'll, you'll, it's you, we forget that we are still an organism. We're we're a living garden, and you you have to live by the rules. So it's like, you know, the last three foundations that again I try and teach my clients is is eating, drinking, and and sleeping, man. And that for me, my if someone walks through the door, more important if they see me for a disbulge, even ankle pain, 
the 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 two ones I mainly think about is sleep and food, okay? yeah, and, and water because water is an easy one, right? Those three. So if someone's got a disbulge and they're eating vegetable oil, that'll inflame the area, okay? That'll make their pain worse, right? So they might have the disbulge that the pain might not be coupled with it if their diet and water is on point. And remember that the discs are just made of water, 75% water. It's like hydrostatic pressure. So if you're dehydrated, your organs take priority. It'll take water from those discs. It'll shorten your spine. You'll feel the pain. Um, for my mentor, his, his uh, missus, she, what did they do? So she cut gluten out for a while, for still has it, right? But um, she had mascara. That, uh, that messed with her face and it blew her face up, right? And then it went down. A week later, she had gluten and the symptom from the mascara came back instantly. Yeah, right. So that's the concept of physiological load of this was the, the... It's not like the gluten had anything to the mascara, but since the physiological load went up, the mascara symptom came up because the body can only handle so much at once. So I'm so big on lowering your physiological load. Your inputs are stress into your body. And I find food... Water and sleep is the quickest you can do that, right? Because water, for me, is simple. When I talk to someone, like, you're, you're fucking made of water. Like, what do you mean? Like, you're, you're drinking this tap water, and I'm drinking this Montville Mist mm. 7.4 alkaline fucking yeah. total dissolved solids, like some high-quality shit. And you think that's not going to matter over our next yeah. lifetime? Yeah. You think that you can drink chlorine and fluoride every single time you drink water? That's what I hear when they tell me so that. You're in trouble for that one, too. Not allowed to say that stuff. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know. But it's like, it's sort of so much logic. It's for your teeth. Yeah, right, right, right. So it's like, but isn't, <laughs> there, isn't there so much logic in that yeah. the person can disagree with that when you're saying, well, we've never evolved to drink chlorine and fluoride, and you think every time we drink water, you're going to drink that little bit of chlorine and fluoride, which means yeah. your liver has to deal with, yeah. which means now that's raising the physiological load of your liver that it can't, you know, you might as well let it handle things you can't change, like the air we're breathing and, and, and little things that, you know, let's, let's, let's just do the easy ones first. Water's easy. It's not even expensive. Change your water. It's, it's such a simple thing. If you're drinking tap water and you, and you think you've got, you got gut issues and you're fucking putting chlorine in your gut bacteria, like, it's obvious, you know? I Food. can, I can um, give a credit to the parasite cleanse, even yeah. though I didn't get the parasites, but I yeah. was getting, like... I don't know. I'd always have this pain. Like, mm. I don't know how many people went and saw it, even like, um, were those, were they stick needles in you? Yeah, the dry needling or? Yeah, yeah. like that. And they put around that. And they could tell that there was no blood coming to mm. this area. Like, it, they press it and it hurts. And I did the cleanse mm. and cut, obviously, gluten out. Yeah. Cut a bunch of other stuff. But it's the glute, it was gluten. Yeah. And, yeah. and now that are just not introducing it back in. I also think, because I remember you saying something about oat milk and I drink oat lattes mm. or oat magics, whatever. And yeah. I feel like if I have, I mean, it's only one coffee, but mm. if I have heaps of it, I can mm. notice that pain come back again. Yeah, it's probably so, the vegetable oil, maybe. Or? Yeah, well, there's generally vegetable oil in the oat milk, right? And that's they have it in most of the nut milk. So even like the organic bullies ones, they have organic sunflower oil in there, but it's still a vegetable oil, right? When I say vegetable oil, I don't mean olive oil and avocado oil and whatnot. I mean like canola, sunflower, grapeseed, grapeseed. They're all they all oxidize really quickly, so they your, your cells replace its wall. It's it's your cell walls are made of saturated fat. So it'll use that fat and create you so you'll age quicker. That's where, like, if I see someone with really bad skin, straight away I think, fuck, they're probably having a lot of vegetable oil, right? Or they're getting blood sugar spikes. Um, so, but that, you know, if that's a coffee that you have in every day, it, it's an everyday thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's a like, it's a little bit every day, even though it's still a, it's still a bit, you know? It's a, yeah. Even though it's a small coffee, it's a lot of oatmeal with vegetable oil, but there are oat milks out there that don't have that in there. They just don't taste as good. But again, it's still something that's, an everyday thing, you know. I mean, I still think we shouldn't have coffee every day. I just had a week off it because I felt this. That I was like, all right, well, why do I have to? Why is it the fucking first thing I wake up and think yeah. about in the morning? Like, and I had a week off it, man, and just life just felt a little calmer. Yeah, you know? I, I, was, okay. I was just due. Like, I just could feel that. Sophie and I have been talking about this because it's weird. She's trying to well, slowing down, Jason, slowing down too mm. on it. And you actually do notice. Well, I get a headache or something the first couple of days, but yeah. life without it, it's yeah. kind of like, fuck, why do we all like? I yeah. love coffee, but yeah, same. We're all just like. And there's a signal from the body, though, the headache, right? Yeah. If you get a headache it's when so you're not having it, that's... Everyone's getting it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's getting headaches. So it's yeah. like, well, there's a problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a symptom, right? So it's the body doesn't lie. The body doesn't yeah. lie. Um, but to your food, organic food, back to ancestral shit, the water we drink should have salts in it. Mm. We drink from a river ancestrally. We get the salts. We don't need to salt our water. But now we don't drink from rivers. If someone says to you, you can't afford organic, they can't afford organic, what do you do? Um, I say they can. <laughs> <laughs> I say... 
okay, locally you can here because you go to the farmer's market and it's cheaper than Woolies, right? Yeah, literally. So that's a big thing. It doesn't have to be organic, just spray free, right? The meat just changed to grass-fed, grass-finished, you know? But it it is cheap and it's cheaper than what they're doing because one cafe, this is, the, this is what I figured out. If you go to a cafe once a week, right, spend 30 bucks, that's probably the difference in the yeah, organic literally. to the non-organic, yeah. man. And I've... I mean, I don't know. It's different parts of the country. It's different, right? But for here on the sunny coast, it's it's like that. 100%. So, it, and or just like a couple of drinks, like where your priorities lie. Everything else should come second to what your nutrition, your energy is, because you don't have to worry about your time. You got to worry about your energy. So it's like my my my, my um commodity is my my energy, not my time, because yeah. it's you can have all the time in the world, but you've got an energy. It's fucked. Yeah. So food gives you that. Organic food gives you that. You shouldn't. If you're a girl trying to get all hormonal issues and you're eating sprayed celery mm. and doing celery cleanses with sprayed celery. I spoke to a celery farmer. It's a famous video out there. There's another celery farmer was talking about it. So they spray the seed. They spray the soil. The, the seed's GMO in the first place. And then they spray the plant three times a day. And then when they pick it, they uh, dip it in a batch of chlorine. Then it goes to Woolies. Then you go to your liver cleanse. Yeah, right? Exactly. And it's like... And celery is pretty much water. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. You're just drinking heaps yeah. of... So stuff. it's like I'm I'm I love celery. I just get spray free celery. Like I love I love all that stuff, but you you just can't be spraying shit on it. That kills all the bugs. And we're in this world of gut health now and then you put it in your stomach and think mm. that's okay. So it's just obvious and we're so disconnected from the way we were before illness and, and disease, back to that ancestral stuff, right? And then sleep, man, sleep is such a big thing. And yeah. if if you're getting if you're getting sick like for me, if I get six hours sleep instead of eight there's a big, I notice it a lot. I notice it. And I got that aura ring now, which really tells me. Yeah. But, right. um, I but, wanted to get one. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool because it motivates you to make changes. But, man, it, it's, it's so huge. So, if it's a thing, we evolved to have eight hours sleep, seven to nine, right? But let's say eight. If you take two hours away from that, what do you think that's going to do to your body? Like, it's, it's meant to have, you're taking an hour away, or some people are taking four hours away and think, I'm, I'm all right, I can do that. And they, but they're, they're not. They don't realize how good you can be. People think, there's, there's a quote from sorry to interrupt there's a quote oh. from the guy I learnt uh, permaculture from up at Kinkin oh, yeah. and he said a lot of the world's problems a lot of the world's problems will be solved if you go to sleep when the chickens still and wake up when the chickens yeah. wake up it's like yeah. literally go to sleep at 6 so you've talked a bit about how you believe in manifestation obviously you're saying you can instantly do it mm. where do you see corrective culture or yourself mm. in the next you know 3-5 years what's the impact corrective culture wants to have on the you know, sunshine yeah. goes to all the world. Yeah. So right now we have a plan. We want to um we want to get a bigger s- space because right now it's a one on one thing and it's grown and and to be honest, I think of myself and Jake like as one of like I want to be one of the best in the world. I want to travel the world talking about uh, rehabbing and and like I know I'm good at it. I know like I think if someone's got back pain, I'm the one to see. That's what I believe in in Australia, right? Um, whether that's true or not, I I believe that. Um, so. Right now, we're planning on we and we wrote it down recently. Is we want a bigger gym, and we want a, a, a subscription based gym that people can come train with us. I want a female only jujitsu there, or at least a possible female only jujitsu class. Because I've had a couple of girls, they say they want to do it, but one told me she says I never feel safe walking down the street. I never feel safe, mm. and I've had a couple tell me that now. So I'm like, they want to do jujitsu, but they don't want to roll with twenty dudes. So I'm mm. like, I want to give them that opportunity to turn them into weapons. Um, Without having to roll with big dudes, yeah. right? It just gives them that play. Um, but I want a space, ice bath, sauna. This is the way we train. This is the way we eat. This is the way we move. This is the way we sleep. This is the way we rest. This is the way we work in. This is the way we recover. Um, like That's a proper awesome. culture. Like yeah. a proper culture. And actually, like it wasn't planned like that at the start, but it's people are asking us for it. I know it will succeed because the bills get paid from me doing my one-on-one work anyway. So it's all just an extra. I, I want to make a playground. That's I want to make a playground, basically, yeah, yeah. and just crystallizing that. Like I was talking to Donald, was like you have to, you have to write that down. You have to write that down and put it on paper because mm. where I'm at now, I did that and I can't believe it's everything's just come true. I'm like, you know, two years ago, man, I was I was scaffolding. Yeah. Right now, I feel like I'm, you know, one of the best practitioners of rehab in in Australia. So it's it's fucking nuts. It's nuts. So this is something that we've just introduced. Uh, we call it stillness every day. It's in print at the moment. Yes. Um, all for intention setting, gratitude, meditation. So you're going to get one for being on the podcast. Sick. But basically, you can plan your day ahead. Find write down what you're grateful for, what you achieve, what you want to achieve. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, 
Um, and and what you can scan that and it brings up a mod, uh, meditation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll scan the Unreal. scan that. Go to the website and um, there'll be a bunch of meditations so you can keep your mind in t- check Man, as well. You got to get Jake's. We got one on YouTube. Jake's um, spirit animal meditation. Have you done that? I haven't. Uh, I've heard about it. I've That's a cool it, yeah. one. I've given it to the client. So there's one on Corrective Cultures YouTube. Mm. Um, Jake guides you through a spirit animal meditation, and you, you everyone's your animal's different. So. Yeah. I was a wolf and you end up like walking down the thing, your feet transform and you turn into the animal that you are. And then you go off into the forest and, and live that animal for a while and come back. It's, it's a trip, right? I had one client where he was, he was doing it right. And then at the end, like as you're crossing this bridge in your mind's eye, you look down at your feet and he goes, I didn't see feet. I saw two big fists and yeah. I was a gorilla. And he goes, I just started sprinting into like the jungle <laughs> and like, yeah, it was an experience. It was one of the funnest Meditate. Fun isn't a right word for a meditation, but it was yeah, for this yeah. one. Yeah, it was yeah. for this one. So cool. So we we had um also a grade two class. All do it, and then send us letters of them all talking about. Yeah. We should do a video on that and explain yeah. the letters. And they're like, I became a wolf. I became a dinosaur. And like, yeah. it was cute. What, so. Do they do? You, do you get to um, know what the animal means to you, or is it just more of a? It's what it whatever it means to you. Yeah. yeah. So what I took from it when I went out, I came. You, 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 that's what you do. You come back and you integrate that into your body, whatever lesson you took. I yeah. took um, when I was a wolf that I was just eating, um, sleeping, and and fucking right, <laughs> and that just covers the basics. So it's like that's we overcomplicate life. Just get good food into you, get your sleep, have good sex, and and it, and it, and life's good. Life's good. That's what awesome. I took about. Don't overcomplicate it. Yeah. Because why is that wolf's life any different to mine? Why do I need this big empire? Why do you know, you, you see, you see mothers. I, I see a big one with mums wanting like you see them even posting like this empire and all you know these Instagram posts or that sort of shit. Instead of just being like, you can be the best possible mother you can be, and that's a yeah. hell of a job. Yeah. Doesn't need to be something bigger than that. That's a fucking better job than I'm doing. You know what I mean? So you're making the next fucking world like it's crazy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, Eves, man. No worries, bro.